All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Can you see it? Did you You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Z-E-P-H-Y-R. Epic. Find them on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. Zephyr Epic has got you covered for all of your trading card needs, so be sure to go check them out online with free shipping on any order, Canada-wide, over $50. Retail location as well. Beautiful retail location. I do. I see the ropes, Chris. Uh, David Quadrelli, Chris Faber, technical producer, is Alex Allard. And intern Emil, on his last day behind the scenes uh, for us here, intern Emil is with us as well. This is the Conversation Podcast, and Chris is pointing out, for those on the YouTube live show watching, uh, they're doing some window cleaning uh, in your Ivacolini Tower that you live in, and you had the ropes right in front of your window there on uh, our camera there. Yeah, I'm really hoping that uh, Alex is running double duty right now, letting everybody know in the chat. Everybody who's here on YouTube, and by the way, chat's going today. Some days the chat doesn't wake up uh, at all, but uh, chat's going today. Okay, I got a pack here. I haven't opened it. Uh, anything, anything, anything. Okay, that is a very cool-looking card for people on YouTube here. A Connor Hellebuck UD canvas. What a celebration. Connor Hellebuck. Here's Connor Hellebuck. Here's an intro. I like Connor Hellebuck a lot. I feel like nobody dislikes Connor Hellebuck. I like that he's pretty intense with like some uh, some of the quotes that he's given out. He's been an excellent goalie in the NHL for a while. Does anybody hate Connor Hellebuck? Like, it's not like the Jets have screwed over any other team in playoff games either. It's like, you know, everybody probably just likes Connor Hellebuck and thinks he's a great goaltender. I think that's how I feel anyways. Do the Oilers have the uh, assets to trade for Connor Hellebuck? Are they are they a Connor Hellebuck away from a cup, Chris? Honestly, like, and the Oilers is just one example. But, you know, we're talking about Connor Hellebuck. Let's talk hockey right now. There's got to be a team out there that's looking at Connor Hellebuck and wants him, right? Like, and if you're the Jets... You you got you got to tear it down, right? Like this core isn't going to get it done. You saw Paul Maurice just step down and leave for mm-hmm. Florida. We saw Rick Bonus call out the leadership group, and I already ripped Blake Wheeler for his comments at the end of the year, where you know he's asked about Bonus what he said about the Jets core, and he's like, "Oh, I thought it could have been handled in house." And basically, what Bonus was getting at was that this core, this leadership group, Wheeler, who he stripped the captaincy of, they're too soft and they're too okay with losing. And hey. Like, that's not the answer I want to hear. If you're getting criticized for that and you say, oh, it could have been kept in-house. Yeah, it could have. But come on. Like, they, they got to tear it down in Winnipeg. I'm starting right off the bat really passionate already. I just, look, like, he's got to be the guy to go. Um, Vincent Jericho in the YouTube live chat said, surely Toronto would take him. Hey, oh. there's another team. There's another team. Buffalo. There's an elite level goaltender. Buffalo. Right? Oh, no. you, you, I like you Joe him. Wall. Yeah, you get him in Buffalo. You got Devin Levi, like, learning the ropes from Connor Hellebuck for one year. And then Levi's the guy next year. I love that plan. I, th- I think that's great. But it, I'm curious to see how much, uh, what does he go for in a trade? I, I would have no idea where that trade even starts. Like, I, I don't know what the return and, would and be. That, and that's the thing. That's the thing with goaltenders is we see them so rarely moved mm. on the trade market that we don't really have much to go off of, right? Like, who knows exactly how much it's going to cost the team to get a Connor Hellebuck or get any goaltender for that matter. And hey, this is Canucks conversation. Makes you very happy that the Canucks have Thatcher Demko. Does it not? And hey, Archer Silov's continuing to put on a show for Latvia at the World Championships. The Canucks goaltending is in good hands. And don't don't forget, don't sleep on Nikita Tolopilo as well. I'm excited to watch him at training camp in Victoria and, of course, 
he might even be at Young Stars Development Camp. He's oh. 23. We'll see if he's there. He's 23, so maybe right at that cutoff. Like Mark Gatcombe went last year. Also minor news. Mark Gatcombe has been signed to a one-year AHL extension. Lots of improvement from Gatcombe down the stretch. Appeared in all six playoff games for the Abbotsford Canucks. I keep getting off topic here, but I wonder, Tolopilo, do we see him at development camp? 23 years old, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I bet he's here. They like getting the Europeans in if they can, right? Because they're not going to get him at Young Stars and, and stuff. I mean, Tolopilo will be at Young Stars, I would expect. Uh, and that'll be a great... Hey, listen, you watch the Canucks at Young Stars and Penticton? Uh, I tell you what, Seelovs, Tolopilo, those two guys rolling for you net, you're feeling pretty good about that. I'm curious how many people would... Uh, be interested in uh, coming up to Penticton with us uh, for a little get together there. It's Young Stars is a blast. Okay, I, I hope that we'd be able to get some uh, some listeners out to the show. We'll be doing some live stuff out there if possible. I know I'm going to be there. I think you're going to be there at Young Stars this year. We'll have to see what happens uh, with with training camp right after as well. We'll see. We we will see what happens. But I think that would be a blast to get out there uh, for Young Stars and Penticton that time of year. I mean, it, come on, couldn't get any better. And quads, I need you out there because my last time I played golf with Harm. Listen, he's you're not a great golfer, but you can you can at least swing it pretty well. Uh, hey, you can't putt. I shot That's your plus problem. five. I shot no. I've been I've been putting. I got a new putter for Christmas. Oh. I, I'm telling you, I shot plus five the other day at uh, Kensington Pitch and Putt, North okay. Burnaby. Okay. Shout out North Burnaby. Jeez. So JT Miller's shooting. Uh, well, you beat JT Miller then, but he played on an actual golf course. You played on your backyard uh, pitch and putt. You just stabbed a hole in the ground. Okay. Um, I, I hope that Alex is here. Uh, I want to get this this FIFA logo up first because you brought this up. You said you got to talk about this uh, this FIFA logo. This is this is we horrendous. Do. He just he just texted us and told us to wait to call for that. Okay, so just a okay. second because I got something else. Go ahead. I got something else. Going old school here. I got my pen and paper. Okay, for those on the YouTube live show and the podcast, you know you you can believe that I've got a pen and paper out. I am trying to write out the Canucks goaltending depth chart. Like I, I'm trying to write out. Every goaltender that they have in the organization, because we were just talking about, you know, the deal with Spencer Martin, Archer Seelovs, and now Nikita Tolapila, who I keep reminding everybody not to sleep on. We talked about that at length on the last episode. So, Chris, this is how I have it. At the NHL level, you've got Thatcher Demko, Spencer Martin, AHL, you've got Archer Seelovs, Nikita Tolapila, and then in the draft, in the pipeline, right, like in your prospect pipeline, you've got Aku Koskenvo, and you've got Ty Young. I don't expect them to take a goaltender this year. Maybe you take a late round flyer. Like we know that Ian Clark likes to take goaltenders every two out of three years. They take a goaltender. So theoretically they wouldn't take one this year. Cause Koskenvo, what year was Koskenvo drafted? He was 2020, right? Uh, 2021, I believe. Okay. And then they took young last year. So theoretically they won't take a goaltender this year. Mm-hmm. I, Hey, like, like I just said, They've got some nice bodies in there. They've got some nice, nice players in that goaltending pipeline. We saw Koskenvo and Ty Young at uh, development camp out at UBC. I'm really curious, like I already said, if we see Tolapilo not only at Young Stars, but out at dev camp too. Because, hey, how valuable was the work? How valuable was the work that these guys were getting with Koskenvo and Ty Young? Like I spoke to Ty Young, only media member to request Ty Young at development camp, might I add. I was talking to him. And we were just talking about, uh, it was like day one, and basically what he learned, and Canucks fans will know what I'm talking about, is that shuffling of the feet 
that Ian Clark trained goaltenders do when the puck is being cycled up high. Canucks fans might not even notice it that that it's that different because they see Thatcher Demko do it. They see Spencer Martin do it. Every goaltender, even Colin Delia to some extent was doing it this year. Every goaltender that is on the Canucks does this, does this little shuffle with their feet right and it's very different it's very different than what a lot of goaltenders are taught a lot of them are taught you know low and wide low and wide look through traffic all that where with Ian Clark it's be upright shuffle your feet hands activated and ready but you're still upright and shuffling your feet I was talking to Ty Young about that and he said like yeah it's very different and now the question I have for him is because I asked him I said you know how much do you think you're going to be able to actually implement that or work on that when you go to Prince George in the WHL because that's the thing is they don't have the chance to work with these guys all year long the way they do with Marco Terenius out in Abbotsford or, of course, with Ian Clark out at the NHL level. So I'm curious to see how, how much have Koskenvo and Ty Young actually progressed in the last year? Like when we when we show up at development camp, is it going to be like when everybody shows up after summer vacation and they need a refresher because they've forgotten everything that they learned? Like I, I'm genuinely curious. I'm genu- genuinely curious to see how these goaltenders have done over the year that they've had, um, you know, obviously Koskenvo and Harvard didn't play a ton. Ty Young, though, in Prince George, he was he was a good goaltender out there. He was a good goaltender for um, a very weak Prince George team out in the WHL. Yeah, and he ended up being the starter in the playoffs, right? Because they had the injury to, uh, is it Tyler Brennan? Is the other uh, the goaltender out there? I believe in Prince George. He had the injury in the playoffs, so yeah, uh, it was a long run. And Ty Young, uh, you know, I think Lisa can vouch for this. They, I think they ran into the... Uh, the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds, and they got swept, obviously, in four, because the Thunderbirds are rolling. They're up 3-1 in their series right now. Dub's going to be over here very soon. Um, so that's good. Good for Lisa and uh, and the great folks down there. That Seattle team, they're so much fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think Ty Young should be there, uh, for sure, at development camp. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see if Pilo's there at development camp, because it's it really is a you know four days of working with Ian Clark is is very good in the off season. Uh, you're not going to get fined for it for some reason because I don't know how that works. Uh, but at least you can get him in here and get him with the goaltending coach, get him working with the players, seeing shots, all these type of things. And then also, I like the fact that it, it's it's a big event where you can learn some of the players that you're going to be around for the next coming years because there's going to be a lot of guys at development camp that are probably going to be on the AHL team. Uh, Josh Bloom's an example. You can look at, you know, Aiden McDonough might end up being there again. Some of these younger players that uh, are going to be at development camp and working with them and being in the AHL next year. It's a good spot for Total Appeal. So I do hope that he is there uh, next year. But we'll we'll have to see it in the summer here because it's coming up pretty soon, right? Only a couple months away now uh, from development camp. It's the, it's the week after the draft, right? If I remember correctly... Because when I was flying back from Montreal, it was back from Montreal, and I was right out to UBC. Um, so development camp that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, get going. I, I hope Tolapilo's there. I, I'm excited to see who the Canucks draft for their first round pick. But we'll get to some of that a little bit later as well. Uh, do we have Alex yet? I don't no, have my chat. But though. I'm texting him. And okay. I told him. I said, "Throw the logo on the there screen." Unprompted. And here we go. Alex, looking at the cues, right on cue, right on cue. Our producer, Alex Allard. Uh, okay. So Ooh. I wanted to talk about this. And for those in the podcast, you've probably seen it already. But the FIFA World Cup 2026 World Cup logo, if you want to call it that, was unveiled yesterday on Wednesday. Now the internet is reacting to this exactly how you thought they would, because Chris, I don't even know what to make of this logo it is the world cup like the actual world cup like the trophy Mm -hmm. over what is supposed to be a two and a six and if you look hard that's what it is folks it's a two and a six Mm -hmm. the two and a six are vertical okay 
And then it just says FIFA underneath it. So technically, I know what this is for. So the logo technically accomplishes. Remember our schooling, Chris? Remember what we learned at BCIT? It technically accomplishes what it was supposed to, what it was supposed to, uh, the message it was supposed to pass along. So technically, I do understand that this is a logo for the World Cup. But that is the absolute bare minimum requirement. That is basically like saying, look, our team has hustle habits and structure or whatever it was that mm. the Canucks said. This is the Canucks commercial of World Cup logos, Chris. And folks, we don't have the other images on hand. But if you go look at the past logos, and I know Caroline Schved, our uh, colleague over at the 90th Minute podcast, uh, she covered this a bit at, more at length here. This is a weird looking logo, Chris. Like I, I have never seen anything quite like this where... They go so hard for simplicity that it, it just looks bad. Like, it yeah. looks like something that was thrown together. Keep in mind, this World Cup is hosted by three nations, United States, Canada, and Mexico. Three nations hosting this World Cup. The best minds in these nations should have been put on this because they clearly put one mind on this. And hey, I don't mean to, you know, trash the designer of this too much, but I don't know how much time he had to do this, how many resources Dude, uh, they come had on. to do this. It this... was... Uh, this yeah, logo looks like logo. if if you told me like uh, if it was like twelve fifty nine and you're like hey that logo needs to be in my one I'd be like oh crap like I I just immediately I could do this on Snapchat in in a minute that's what I would do so I don't know and the font I hate it the two looks like how fat these you know <laughs> the six looks like a side view of me six months into the pandemic I mean that was like that these are some of the <laughs> thickest numbers I've ever seen in my life. Um, and as lo- and then, yeah, like it's, it's too bad. Cause yeah, this is supposed to like, you know, show off, I guess the USA, Mexico, Canada, uh, fun thing, putting it together. But, uh, yeah, the logo sucks. Let's move on. DM Payne's got a good point. Slow news day boys. Yeah. But we got some stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> so let's move on from the, uh, from the FIFA logo. I know you wanted to talk about this thing though, but look, hey, th- yeah, go ahead. Look, the news of the day. The big news of the day is that Mark Gatcomb signed a one year extension. Okay. So yes, it is a slow news day. <laughs> No, it's not too bad. Hey, you mentioned it already, uh, but uh, today is our last show with Intern Emil, by the way, too, who's done an excellent job. All the clips that you're seeing up on YouTube, uh, you're also going to see a commercial for Zephyr Epic coming up very soon. We're going to put that on all of our socials. Uh, Emil, just an incredible job as our intern. Good BCIT kid. He stuck it through, graduated, smarter than you, Quads. You couldn't make it through the two years. We all get it. You know, some people just can't uh, can't do it. They can't make it through. I did, of course. Easy money. Uh, but uh, Emil's done an incredible job with us. I just want to say he's been a pleasure to deal with uh, and couldn't ask for a better intern. So this is our last show. Uh, give him some love in the chat. Emil's done a great job. All those clips you're seeing up on uh, on the uh, YouTube account. That's uh, that's all Emil. So great stuff. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I guess that's more uh, dumped onto my plate. More slop from Nation Network being dumped onto Faber's plate. I see how it is. Actually, and I I, I can tell you this now. Emil is sticking around. Oh, okay, Emil never mind. Is sticking around. He he did a fantastic job. So he will be staying staying on board. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens come October. We'd like to you know. We'd like to keep him aboard. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But for the offseason, Emil is sticking around. Oh, good. Um, very, very excited to bring him aboard. Yeah. So that'll be good. And, and hey, you know, here we go with the, oh, more on Faber's plate. No, yep. more on my plate. Like it was before. Emil's been doing all the socials this past month and a bit since he's been on as our intern. That's all coming back to me. Mm-mm. You didn't do anything when it came to that. That was all me. And now it's going back on my plate. So look. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying this whole woe is me attitude from soon to be 30 year old Chris Faber. My goodness. Ugh. 
Yeah, today's uh today's my last day in the twenties, actually. So uh oh. and you know what I'm doing for my birthday? Big birthday tomorrow, big thirty. Going to the dentist for the first time in about eight years, so that's that's my big plans for my birthday. Uh, I uh, am going to the dentist, which I'm actually pretty excited for because you, I've been telling you, my teeth have not been great for the last little bit. They got cracks in there. I had one fall out the other day, uh, but uh, we got to get these things figured out. So I'm excited back to the dentist. Yeah, my last show is a 20 year old. Uh, I'll be 30 tomorrow. Let's uh, let's get into it. I think we got Alex here now. Um, so I do want to get this video up from Frank Saravalli, who joined, uh, I believe it was Oilers Nation. It was one of these oily boys. To get, they, got a 40, they got 40 shows over there at Oilers Nation. I don't know what's going on. 80 people in the office every morning, 6 a.m. They're all working hard. You and me, not the same. But Oilers Nation had uh, Frank Saravalli on, and he brought up uh, something interesting about the salary cap. Because how long have we been talking about an $81.5 million cap? And it's going to go up $1 million. $1 million. Very different um, opinion here from Frank, who, listen, this guy, uh, we, know if, we don't have to talk about Frank. He's locked in. Uh, but some interesting quotes here about the salary cap for next season. Let's hear uh, from Frank Cervalli, who joined uh, Oilers Nation there uh, with Liam and, uh, and your truck over there. This is from Monday, I believe. So let's hear from Frank Cervalli now. There is, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but I'll ask again. There is a real chance this thing goes up like three or four million, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think it's, in fact, the most likely avenue, given where we are with um, revenues, given where we are with the amount of money that's been paid back, probably 95 or 97% of the debt that was owed from players to owners. And I just think there's no one, no stakeholder that's involved in this process wants to see the, the cap frozen for another year. Yeah. The only real winner in that is is really no one because at the end of the day, once that debt is paid off, um, the players still get a 50-50 split. So let's say the cap is, is artificially low for another year and that debt is paid off sooner and you have uh, you know revenue that essentially flows over what those expectations are. The owners then have to write a check back to the players at the end of next season. So it becomes a, you know, uh, a who's paying who type scenario should the players just be getting more from the start should teams have more flexibility from the start there's a lot of things to consider um and i still think at this point in time as we've yet to get any sort of substantive negotiations yet that uh that seems to be the most likely path oh hear that eh the most likely path we're talking three to four million on the salary cap instead of what we just saw and what we've been hearing for so long of the cap being you know, a flat cap era, this could be a very good start. I find it interesting as well because uh, Frank's talked about this for a long time. I think he's even mentioned it on our show back in the day when he used to come on and join us. I haven't uh, heard from Frank in years. Uh, but when Frank used to come on the show here, he mentioned, like, uh, the money that they had to pay back the, to the players. The players, like, that fund is almost over. I think he's been saying it's like 97 to 99% uh, to be completed by this offseason, uh, and that is through the pandemic and some weird, I don't know, some CBA stuff that's above my head. But once that's all paid off, it sounds like, you know, we are going to start to see that cap jumping up quite a bit. And, hey, listen, we all saw that Puckpedia tweet that went out like a week ago, and the Vancouver Canucks were still over the salary cap in the situation going into it. This change to the cap would put them in a spot where, hey, they can add a couple of players. Like, they can add that center. They can pay 4 or $5 million. Or, heck, they can use it somewhere else to, to maybe take on some cap. Other teams can maybe look at Brock Besser and look at Connor Garland and say, hey, now that we got that extra little bit, maybe we should add this guy for the one and two years as our team's in a competitive window. And it's something that Frank mentioned there. I have a feeling that nobody is saying no to this. 
The players aren't saying no to this. The general managers aren't saying no to this. The owners aren't saying no to this. Everybody is probably on board for this, so why not make it happen? And Frank says he's pretty certain it is going to happen. And there were reports in September, right, of 2022, that teams were preparing for sharp cap increases over the next three seasons. And hey, like, look, you just brought it up. Frank brought it up in that clip we just listened to. Nobody wins when the cap stays low, right? Like, that's the thing here is how how often did we talk about, you know, even leading up to the trade deadline is, yeah, teams want to make moves, but they can't. Like, everybody is in this flat cap world. You're seeing teams, you know, have to go give up a pick to get a third team involved mm. so they can eat some salary so that they can make some impactful trades. You're just, you're you're not seeing the same action and the same... I don't want to say intrigue, excitement. but you look at what the, the NBA, even the man. NFL. Yeah, the excitement that trades bring. Like, people love it. People love trade speculation. You can say you hate it. You can say, oh, stop talking about JT Miller, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. People love it. People love talking about trades. People love player movement. And for the NHL, there's been such little player movement that you have to also think that it's starting to harm the product with how little movement there is around the league. Like, Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane got traded to the New York Rangers and there was like no buzz about it. And that was like the biggest trade that we saw. And look, like even Vladimir Tarasenko, like there, there was other moves as well. But imagine those moves being the, you know, fourth or fifth biggest moves of the deadline because teams actually have salary cap to play with, right? Like there could have been more impactful trades. There wasn't because like, think about the Canucks. Just think about the Canucks, what the Canucks are trying to do. You know, nobody's taking Connor Garland at $5 million in a flat cap, right? So if it moves up, look, I think it's a good thing for everybody. It's a good thing for the Canucks, good thing for every team in the league. Most of all, I think it's a good thing for the fans, fans of the game. And hey, selfishly, media that tries to mm. prop up this league and say, hey, you should watch our show. You should read our website. You should, uh, you know, you should, you should be a huge NHL fan. You should pay close attention to this league. Now they might have a reason to. Yeah, and we'll have to see. I would expect this to be announced a little bit before the draft, right? Because I feel like it's a quick turnaround from the draft to get to free agency. So if this is something that's happening for next season, yeah, well before the draft, the more and more I think about it, actually. But you bring up a good point, like big trades. And this is the fun part, because one of the four teams that's remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs made a blockbuster of a trade. Probably one of the biggest trades we've seen, at least arguably one of the biggest trades we've seen in the most recent five years, right? Like, you can make an argument that that was a huge deal. Matthew Kachuk is a player who's up for the heart this year. Um, and you're watching it, and if, like, if that worked, I wonder how many teams are thinking, like, hey, we had a really good regular season team, but this big shakeup type of thing, it works for Florida. And how often do we talk about the NHL being a, cappy, a copycat league? And I just think that you have a potential here to really open things up a little bit, and that extra cap space... That's going to allow you to make a trade for a guy making $7 million, for a guy who's making $9 million if you're sending some money back. Like, these things can be possible. Uh, it's going to open up a lot of doors for excitement around the NHL, and I think that's great because, man, there is nothing more exciting than, like, the NBA offseason. I don't really follow the NBA, but, like, a big trade happens. It takes over all of Twitter. And, like, yeah, my, my Twitter is mostly full of hockey stuff, right? Everyone I follow is involved with hockey or Canucks fans or Canucks inside, everything. It's mostly Canucks stuff. 
that stuff will take over my timeline. It's a blast to see happen. And the NHL just doesn't have the potential to make it happen right now. I think taking steps towards getting to that potential, even being available for the NHL, is huge. And it's actually possible when you look at it with, you know, actually getting some money here. Oh, man, we got the, the window cleaners right at the at the window here now. This is crazy uh, in the background here. I'm not sure if Alex can cut to this. <laughs> crazy on the live stream. All right. Uh, but, I mean, let's – with the cap coming up, this is awesome. Um, also extremely shoe awkward. Shoe review I do not want to make eye contact here in the next minute. This is wild. Um, this is also very strange. I don't want, I got to check my shorts, make sure you can't. Anyways, <laughs> this, this, I don't know how we're going to get through. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, man. This has never happened before on the show. Alex wasn't here at the start of the show. I don't this know if I'm going to be able to do this. The windows of Faber's building—they're cleaning the windows. I so was they got ropes. There was just ropes at the start. We were hoping that uh, one of the cleaners would actually. I didn't. I, th- I wanted it to happen, but now it's happening, and I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Let's. let's go. <laughs> I can't do that. I hope this guy's listening to the show right now. Oh my god! And then like. In a couple days, you'll be. Damn! Whoa. Oh my that... gosh! This is so awkward. Right, he's getting lower. He's getting lower. Let's, I'm let's so just, sorry to the YouTube folks. Uh, Emil, this. Yeah, is well, going don't on let him get any lower. Just so you know. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's kay. go. Get, get rid of that camera. I got something yeah, here. Get rid of that thing, here. Alex. Um. Okay. Uh, last year, the salary cap was set at $82.5 million. It was the first increase in three years, basically, since the COVID-19 pandemic. Yep. Uh, that announcement came on June 16th of last year. So you would expect, like you said, before the draft, uh, which is the 26th, I believe, this year, uh, it's going to be around mid-June, we think, the cap increase. So, hey, we, we should have time to, you know, that's like two, three weeks to talk about Hey, what are the Canucks going to do now they've got this extra cap space, right? What are they going to do with it? Um, we'll see. We'll see kind of how it goes and if the cap actually does increase. Okay, can I get to the poll question? Please, please. As we don't... talk about trading from the 11th pick. Please do. I don't want to talk right now because okay. I'm being stared at. So. <laughs> All right. Our, our poll question today on Thursday... May 18th. Our poll question, as always, brought to you by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Mm -hmm. Use promo code CC15 at atlasgds.com. That promo code, CC15, will get you 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. The perfect (laughs) low-carb snack, high in protein, like I said, straight from your microwave or air fryer. Delicious snack. Good, like I said, good, good flavor that bacon one, uh, and of course high in protein, which is why I like it a lot. Okay, our poll question today: Do you think the Canucks will move their pick in the draft? The Canucks, of course, slated to pick at eleventh overall. Our options today are yes, move up; yes, move down; yes, trade for a player; and no draft at eleven. And unfortunately, I couldn't include. I'm angry. So before you vote, Alex. I want to make sure this is clear to everybody. The question is, do you think the Canucks will move their pick in the draft? Not, would you, if you were the Canucks, would you move the pick in the draft? 
Uh, as Alex votes, I want to quickly bring this up, Chris. The inspiration for this poll question today was Patrick Alvin speaking to a Swedish newspaper about Leo Carlson and the idea of them moving up. And there was a Twitter user, Patrick Petrin, I think his uh, handle is, uh, who, who talked about this. And I went to go look at the article and you can only see the start of it. You got to pay for the rest of it on that Swedish site. So I didn't get to read the whole thing. But basically what Patrick said that Patrick said was that... Um, he was talking about, I really like the player. It's going to cost a lot to move up, and it has to make sense for us to move up. Canucks aren't going to be able to put a, put a package together to take Leo Carlson from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Am I, am I right about that? Can that conversation basically start and end right there? Yeah, they don't have the pieces for that, unfortunately. Um, even if you were to like look at their top prospects that you could use in a trade, it's like Huglander's not going to get it done. Pod Colson's not going to get it done. You're not getting up from 11 without a without probably another first round pick at least, and then a prospect probably to go from 11 to two because there's a huge difference between the top four guys and the the rest that you're going to see between the five and 11 range. So yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. What's going on here, Alex? Okay, how many viewers we got? <laughs> <laughs> Poor, no, Alex is doing double duty. I can't be ripping on him. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no kidding. No, here's okay. the thing. Trading so, up, trading let me get down. To the results. Yeah, get to the results here real quick. Uh, you can pull it up. Alex voted for no, drafted 11. Uh, the majority of voters agree with Alex, myself included. I, I mm. think they're going to trade 11th, Chris, because partly this is because we do this song and dance every year where we talk, oh, are they going to move? Are they going to move? And then they never do. Yeah. So, no, I think they will draft at 11. Uh, the other options, 23% say, yes, they will trade it for a player. I think that's the most likely. If they move the pick, I think it's most likely for a player. 19% say yes, they will move up. 12% say no, yes, they will move the pick, but they will move down in the draft order. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to draft at 11th. Part of me also thinks that, yeah, they might trade it for a player. Like, I, I don't think that's completely out of the realm of possibility, Chris. I really don't. Some uh, people in the chat here, Vince and Jesse, JT in 11th. For the second or third overall pick, I don't, I don't, I don't buy this. Uh, the reports of JT Miller being offered two first round picks. I don't think I, can, I can't see it. Back in the, you know, this was uh, reported a few a little while ago by Frank, I believe. That a uh, couple of first round. picks. What do you mean you don't buy it? I don't think it's. I don't think that like re- you don't think the Canucks were asking for two first round picks. No, I don't think the Canucks were offered two first round picks because, geez, that would. That's been not a, what the report was. What was the report? That they look, they were looking for two first round picks and a prospect. Oh, okay. Then I'm off then. I don't, I don't think it was reported that they turned down two first round picks. The report, I believe, also from Friedman, mm. was that they turned down multiple picks. It wasn't multiple first round picks. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Then I was going to say even I'd say no matter the case here, that's a lot. Yeah, okay, I'm reading it now. The Canucks report. Frank's never two. coming on the show again. No, I know. Well, he's not listening, so we're okay. Uh, all right, I, I think. I think the most likely trading scenario, I do agree with the people. I, I think they're going to pick at 11, but I do think that the most likely trade scenario is for a player. Um, so I don't want to get to the rankings first. Why don't we get this up? The RFAs, um, Alex, if we can get this graphic up here. I think this might be the route where they end up going with an RFA potentially being the player. And these are some of the top ones that I'm looking at. And I don't think it's straight across 11 for any of these guys. I do think you balance this out with prospects or draft picks. But Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's an RFA. 
He's going to need a new contract. He obviously, I think from everybody kind of reading the situation, he doesn't want to be back in Winnipeg again next season. He's 24 years old, coming off a 27-goal season. Hell of a third-line center if the Canucks are looking to add him that way. Vince Dunn, I don't think he's a, a real option. I, I think that he's he's going to be back with Seattle. They really like him, and he had a great offensive season. Uh, Bowen Byram, coming off an ELC. Don't know what his future is. I wonder if, uh, you know, I think Colorado would like to keep him, but I wonder if there's something else that you can look for with Byram to get him a new start, get him in uh, Vancouver. I know there's the, the concussion worries moving forward for sure, but there's a hell of a player there uh, when Byram is healthy. So we'll have to see. Christian Fisher had a big year uh, with the Coyotes, uh, and I'm not saying this is the guy you want to give your 11th overall pick for, but 26 years old, plays center, could be an option for a later round pick maybe. Uh, and then Gabe Velarde, how about a breakout season for him, man? At 23 years old, he scored 23 goals this year, uh, and they have a lot of depth in the in the King system there to kind of play in that 3C, 4C role so you wonder if Velarde might be one that you can kind of shake loose. And Velarde's more of a player that you, you like the opposing team is targeting, right? They're not trying to trade Velarde, but they're thinking, hey, if we can get a big haul back for a player that's being targeted, it's probably Gabe Velarde from those, that Kings team, right? So it's an interesting one to watch there. He's coming off a one-year um, $825,000 contract as well. So he's a center option really would be a very good third-line center for the Canucks moving forward. He's young, like we said, 23 years old. It'll be interesting to see uh, to see what happens with uh, with this player here. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, I don't think they move that pick at the end of the day, but if they do, mm-hmm. probably going to be for one of those young players. Like we saw them get Hronik, and look, like we haven't seen a full season of Philip Hronik, but he's a good defenseman. He's the second best defenseman on this team immediately. Yeah, they gave up a first and a second for it, and it could have been a lot worse yep. given the trade protection on, or I should say, lack of on that pick that they ended up moving. Look, they like Ronick. Let's see how he does next year. You know I'm not scary? saying I love the move or anything like that, but they're, they're looking for playoffs and Ronick gets them closer. And if you think the cap is scary for the Canucks right now, the Canucks have two of the top four RFAs. Like when it comes to what they're making on their current contracts, Ronick and Pedersen are two of the top four RFAs next summer. So you're going to, they're going to be looking for big raises, both of them. So the cap is going to need to be handled a lot. This, as much as it's going to be a struggle this summer, you need to also prepare for when that extra money is coming on with Pedersen and Hironik. And yeah, you hope that there's going to be some, some rise in the salary cap in general. So hopefully that gives you some space as well. But you got two of the top four RFAs who are making current money on their contracts right now, both going to be looking for big raises. Uh, and I think that's something you have to worry about for next season. But you know what? I don't want to worry about that. That's too far in the future. Let's, uh, go ahead. On, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. On that note, people in the chat also brought up the idea of an offer sheet. Could the Canucks offer sheet someone? Offer sheets often end with retaliation from another GM. We saw the whole thing uh, with Sebastian Ajo in Carolina and then followed by Jesperi Kotkaniemi the following summer. Teams don't forget that kind of thing. You yep. saw the, out, the statement that was put out by Don Woodell, Carolina Hurricanes general manager, when they offer sheeted Jesperi Kotkaniemi, used almost verbatim the statement that the Habs put out uh, from Mark Bergevin, who was the GM at that time, I believe, who offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo. Teams don't like that. Teams don't like that. And if the Canucks want to put a huge target on their back, the summer before they go into negotiations with Philip Ronick and Elias Pettersson, then yeah, they could do an offer sheet, but they won't because they're not going to want to put a target on their back uh, right before that summer. So no, an offer sheet will not happen uh, this summer. Also, it's Jim Rutherford. Uh, that, that ain't happening. Oh, no, no. Here's a question. I like this in the chat here because I, th- I think it's worth discussing. Would you trade the 11th overall pick for Bowen Byram? Because it's a stack draft. You're getting a very good player, but man, when and that's the risk, right? Because when Bowen Byram's on, you're talk- if you're talking about a second pair of a healthy motivated Bowen Byram and Philip Ronick, and you got Quinn Hughes and literally insert just a live body with a right-handed stick. You're talking about a top four that is starting to look pretty damn good in the NHL. If, if they live up to potential, the question is, are they going to live up to potential? Because man, that's a great second pairing. If you have a healthy Bowen Byram, and I think that's just the question with him. Is he going to be healthy next season? OEL Myers, your third pair still. Yeah. Well, it- <laughs> yeah what are you gonna say you know <laughs> that is one of the defense groups of the nhl the canucks have arguably one of the best defense cores in the, in the league with a 13 million dollar third pair that uh, can't skate or defend but that's what they got um i want to talk about willander oh, i told you how much i told you how much i've been watching tom Willander. you're texting me all the time we'll write this article about mark gatcomb signing a contract i said no you handle that i'm busy watching prospects so i got uh Two and a half minutes of video. I'd just love to run this in the background if you could, Alex, or, or whatever. Alex has got all these uh, configurations of the screen here. Get this uh, this video running here uh, of Tom Willander. Quads, ask me any question about Tom Willander. I watched 25 games in the last 48 hours. Rank him uh, with Reinbacher and Sandine Pelica in your top 15 or 20. Where you think they're going to actually go, not where you think he... Uh... He should go. Okay, so if I was to mock a spot for Willander, I think he goes around 14, 15 in this draft because it'll be interesting. If somebody really believes in Sandine Pelica, I could see the three right-shot defensemen going in the top 14, really, top 13, really, with these guys. And Willander, I, there's a lot to like about his skating. Obviously, that's the thing that gets talked about a lot. He's an incredible skater, and the thing that you see in his skating is – He's able to look so good when it comes to that skating because I feel like there's there's almost, and I think the right word to use here is, this kid's got some swagger, okay? He's got the swagger that he can move around guys in this league. He's faster than everyone. He's got a better shot than a lot of the guys in this league. He can defend well. 
but I think there's a swagger about how he understands that, like, he's thinking the game better. Like, he's thinking the game better about how to find space, whether that be in the defensive zone. You can see on some of these clips that are running right now, if you're watching on YouTube or coming back to watch this clip later, he does a really good job of attacking with pace. So every time he's picking up the puck at the point, you can see that he's creating movement for himself to be going towards the net, which is huge. And he doesn't have, like, a bomb of a slap shot yet. But you can see right there, as we just saw on YouTube, you know, a little snapshot to beat a goaltender. He's doing a lot of this in the J20 league. He didn't play in the SHL at all this season. People will go on the elite prospects. But yeah, dude, he played two games. He didn't have a shift in either of those two games. The thing that drives me the most nuts is when people try and correct me on these things. No, you played two games in the SHL. He didn't have a shift. He just geared up for two of the games for Rugla. But uh, he was in the uh, J20 league most of the year this year. Uh, and I tell you, like, uh, there's a lot to like offensively about this guy. But I think the best part... Is just he's got that well-rounded thing in his game that it's just so like Axel Sandin Pelica does not. Okay, David Reinbacker, I really think does. I also like that Reinbacker was challenged a little bit harder because I think that this J20 league that we're seeing him play in, uh, that Willander's playing in, it's much lower than the Swiss Pro League, and I think that's why I have Reinbacker higher. But I do think there's a lot to like with Willander. He pr- kind of projects to being. A guy who can bring offense, but also be a puck mover on a top pairing. So that's good. He kills penalties. He's playing 30 minutes a night in that J20 league. So they're playing the wheels off of him. Uh, so I think all in all, you really like where this kid's going to take a step, end up moving up to the SHL next season with Rugla, uh, who is a team that's done a very good job developing right shot defensemen. You can look at most Sider. You know, there's a lot of most Sider connections to the top uh, right shot defensemen in this coming draft. But from everything that I've seen with Wolander, I'm going to write a very long article coming up here uh, at Canucks Army. Quad is going to be so long, you're not even going to be able to edit it because you're going to see 2,500 words. You're not going to know what to do with that. But uh, I, I just think that everything that Wolander has done this season, and specifically of late, he looked really good in the in the U18s as well. But a lot of really good things offensively. They did these junior leagues, but you can just see that he's got so much confidence in his own game when it comes to the things away from offense that you're like, oh, okay, like he's got it figured out that he's too good for that league. That's the difference that I see from Wolander and Axel Sandin Pelica. ASP just, like, takes advantage of being better than everyone in that league and not really well-rounding out his game. So he's, like, a very good offensive player. He's really good offensively in this league. But he does things that you're like, you can't do that at the next level. You can't do that at the next level. You can't be the guy forechecking first on a lot of these rushes. Like, ASP needs to figure that out, and I'm sure he will start to figure it out when he's in the SHL next year of, like, okay, like, I can't get away with these things anymore. It just seems like Will Lander is so confident in his game that – he knows he's going to have to work on the parts that he's not exactly thriving in right now, but he's looking good enough at them at the J20 league that he's able to build on the base level that he has. So I think that that uh, I got Willander above ASP for sure. So I was a little shocked. Uh, we talked about on Tuesday's show seeing Craig Button's list having ASP at five. I've got Willander in the top 15 for sure. Yeah, I'm look, we, we say it on every show and I don't want to just sound like a broken record, but the breakdown of where these guys actually go is going to be really interesting. I'm not just talking about the right defenseman, Chris. It's just there seems to be so much disagreement with this draft class outside of the top, hell, even three now. Like, And I'm not including Mitchkov in that top yeah. three. Nobody knows where Mitchkov's going to go at this point, right? So, look, th- there's a lot of disagreement. And this is going to be one of the more interesting drafts, I think, in recent memory that I can remember. Like, you know, I think you're going to see a few picks where... In the past, it was, whoa, Moritz Sider, whoa, Barrett Hayton. Those guys move up some spots. I think there's going to be a few of those 
in the top 10 for sure. I think we're going to see at least two. Usually there's usually one. I think we're going to see at least two this year. And in the top 20, who knows? I think we're going to see close to three, four, maybe even five. Five of those picks where, oh, wow, I didn't think he'd go in the top 20. And there he goes. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I've been talking to some scouts from some non-Canucks NHL teams. And Fantilli is not for sure the number two guy. Like, you you can, you know, Bedard's going to go number one. We all know that. You don't think you're going to have any scouts pushing up against that. But, man... The more people I talk to, the more I'm like, hey, this is a pretty split split decision here on Fantilli. Somebody's going to get Fantilli at two, or somebody's going to get Carlson at two. These these two players really have the option. I think Carlson's doing himself some favors as well. He's playing at the U18s. You watch him today, you know, making saucer passes through NHL defensemen on backdoor tap-ins, and you're thinking, like, gosh, you know, like, that projects extremely well. Adam Fantilli, I don't know if he's doing the exact same. He looked really good at a Michigan team that, like, don't get me wrong, Michigan was, like, stacked right like it's not like Arbro was uh, a standalone ultimate team in the SHL like you saw Michigan in the NCAA so I think people are seeing that they're also seeing that it was a pro league and Leo Carlson was able to fit in I think he is going to make a push for that number two spot and I don't think that would surprise me at all yeah this draft is going to be with so many little curveballs thrown in there like Matt Vamichkov and his status for the NHL there's a lot of little different things I, I I'm curious to see the Canucks here with Dalibor Dvorsky as as a real player that I think they might end up targeting. And I do have the stats here. I put this in. I don't know if you had this one, Alex, too, but just different leagues that uh, Dvorsky played in. And, you know, six foot one center, 200 pounds already. Oh, I didn't change the thing. He's not a right D. I got the graphic wrong. Dang it. Uh, but he played in the J20 league. And in that J20 league, it's, it's, a, it's a solid league, but it's a junior league, right? But he scored 10 goals, added 11 assists. He did that in 10 games. In the J20 Swedish League, he also went on to the Alsvenskan where he scored six goals, added eight assists, you know, had a better regular season than uh, Jonathan LeCaramacchi. Then he went to the U18s, played in seven games where he had eight goals, five assists, 13 points, I, you know, even three points of the World Juniors this past year as a 17-year-old. Dvorsky, like, they, there's some real options for the Canucks at 11. I think Dvorsky might be one of them too. So I, uh, the Canucks are going to get a player here. So I think all this talk about trading for you know, trading it away for a roster player, the Canucks are really going to have to make a decision on when they want to start being competitive because I think it's an easier option for them to push that down another year, make a draft pick here, maybe trade a player at the draft because people will be excited to get a player, get their team boosted. That extra little bit of cap space, I really think could open up the doors to potentially uh, a Myers, a Miller, uh, any trade of these guys, a Besser or Garland. Like that might start to open up some doors. Maybe you'd start to get some draft picks at that point. I don't know. I just I want them to have as much as many swings as possible in this draft because I really think you're finding some players here that are going to make a massive impact. And I say this a lot. I know that every once in a while, everyone's like, "This is a generational draft. This is the best draft we've seen since blah blah blah," or "This is the best one since 2015." I I always think it's straight because this is more of like a big brain kind of take a step back view at the NHL. But like every draft class, basically feels like it's getting better. Right? Like, if you just look at year over year, the guys that are coming out this year are, you know, head and shoulders above the players that came out in 2005 or 2006 at the time. Like, these players are incredible at their age. They're just getting better. It's like watching Wayne Gretzky back in the day compared to what Connor McDavid looks like. Like, yeah, Gretzky put up a ton of points and no one's ever going to beat it, but like, McDavid moves, it feels like 20 miles an hour faster. It's just the game gets better and better every year, so the draft picks get better and better every year. So uh, I just think adding picks is, is so big, and I think that you know with what we talked about earlier in the show 
and what this draft is looking like, I tell you, I, I would love to see the Canucks be able to add some picks. And let's not forget um, that the Vancouver Canucks, and this is something I've been actually, since I've been watching so much of the Swedish hockey and I watch a bunch of the J20 League, I picked out about, oh, geez, I got about 20 names now that kind of stuck out to me that uh, had good games. Going to start to talk about players for the Canucks because the Canucks have five draft picks in the third or fourth round this year. They have two picks in the third round. They have three picks in the fourth round. I think you're going to be able to find some players, whether it be in the Super Elite League uh, out of Sweden or some of the Finnish leagues, some of these leagues in Europe. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of names now that I'm excited to kind of dive in on a little bit more that I've been able to to watch a little bit of lately. So you could use those draft picks. Maybe that's something you can move up to the second round with. Like, there's a lot of options, man. The Canucks at least have some options in the draft. Like, you look at it, how many years has it been? It feels like the Canucks, like, have had, you know, extra sevens and extra six-round picks in the past, but... You know, to get some picks in the first four rounds, that's where you got to find your gold. Like, that's where you got to find a player. With those five picks in the third slash fourth round, find a guy. Find an NHL contributor. Find a guy who plays in a top four role. Find a guy who's a middle six center. Like, find that there. You can do it. You can do it. You have to get lucky or you have to do an incredible job scouting, but it's absolutely possible. And it happens. It totally happens. Jason Robertson's not a first round pick. He's heading off. Like, these players that you can find, you can find. You just, I hope the Canucks do an excellent job scouting. I hope they can just find one or two guys out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, odds and ends. Yeah. Ed Jovanovsky was on Donnie and Dolly. Friends of the show, uh, Donnie and Dolly. Well, Donnie is. Arizona Coyotes. Have we talked about this yet? Yeah, Dolly Wall's a friend, too. Come on now. Um, okay, I, I don't know how much we've talked about the Arizona situation. We're not going to get into it too much. By now, you've heard about it. If you haven't, go read Canucks Army. Uh, the Tempe, whatever, uh, referendum, I can't remember what it was, turned down the Coyotes' proposition to build a $2.1 billion entertainment district, which would feature a new arena, on a uh, on a garbage dump. Did you did you catch that? That it was they were uh, proposing to build it on a landfill, mm-hmm. which is... There's a metaphor in there somewhere, but uh, I wanted to quickly talk about this because Jovanovsky, who played for the Phoenix Coyotes at the time, signed there as a free agent, of course, after his time as a Canuck, which lasted six seasons when that came to an end, signed in Phoenix. He spoke a bit about it, and he basically was just saying, get them out of there. And he even said, you know, when I was there, the league was signing my checks. So tells you everything you need to know. You want to talk about the cap going up, talk about the Coyotes getting out of Arizona, let me tell you. Okay, the other thing about that, he spoke about Rick Tockett. He really likes Rick Tockett. He said he wants to see the core, the Canucks core players, stay together. Uh, he wants them to build build around the core that's here and uh, see what Tockett can do. He really likes Rick Tockett. Called him a good friend of his. So that was Ed Jovanovsky's thoughts. I thought it was an interesting little thing to get in there. Okay, my odds and ends. Archer Silovs, he was shining again. You mentioned a little bit earlier, but the 2-1 win over Norway, he made 20 saves on 21 shots. Let's get the stats up from his World Championships this year. He's been good so far. He's got a, a 899 save percentage, so you know he wants to bump that up uh, through four games. He's been Latvia's goalie since he replaced Ivar's Puninovs five minutes into the first game of that tournament. So, like, he's had, he's had some good games. Listen to, uh, you know, 2-1 win uh, the other day. I mentioned against Norway. He's real nice uh, save percentage, that one. So everyone's getting excited about Seelaw's quads. One year ago, he was having an even better World Championships. Do you remember Seelaw's, his save percentage last year of the World Championships? A 9.52 save percentage last year of the World Championships, and they had that tremendous uh, game against Sweden to finish out the tournament. It was a one nothing loss, but Seelaw's kept them in. He stopped 34 of 35 saves against Sweden last year. 
Sweden, a team that loves the World Championships. Uh, so that was good to see. Uh, and he's still continuing to roll. And I tell you, he's the starter. He's, he's Latvia's goalie now uh, for the future, man. Like, he's the, he's the goalie of Latvia's future. Uh, so that's good to see. And you mentioned it earlier. Um, Abbotsford Canucks, they signed Mark Gatcomb. Tell you what, Gatcomb took a very nice step in the AHL playoffs. We talked about him a little bit on this show. But I, it, from being there in the arena and watching him, real good, grindy type of bottom six forward for the AHL team. Not gonna, not gonna knock any doors down about coming up to the NHL, but I like him in the AHL and I like him developing because I feel like he was a player who developed this season. He at the start of the year was a guy who probably wasn't even going to be in the lineup every night. By the end of the year, pretty impactful forward, and I think there was one night I, I called him the best player for Abbotsford in the playoffs on one of those games. So that's a big step and, and development, right? That is development. We see so much of it in Abbotsford, man. Like you know. Damn, like, get the, get LeCare Mackey over here. Get him playing in Abbotsford. They're doing it right. They're developing everyone. Like, Mark Gatcomb's developing. You think LeCare Mackey's not going to do it? I tell you, it would get him out there with the Sedins, man, and I'd uh, love to see it. It's not going to happen, but I'd like to see it because they're doing it right in Abbotsford. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked at length about the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, okay, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else that you need to get in there? Because I, I got my uh, got my Jovanovski update, so I'm done. Yeah, uh, Canucks. Uh, I just uh, I saw this email. They got uh, the equipment sale on uh, Friday. You and I like this. I actually got this mug, which uh, Lisa mentioned earlier, so I showed it off a little bit. I got this mug for a dollar. Am I? I can go to this right as a media member. I can go buy Canucks stuff still. Right? I've been told I can't and I shouldn't be using Canucks stuff or giving the Canucks money and if all this you're stuff. Giving it away. Well, hey, like we did. Oh, I didn't give away this. I got this for a buck. I'm keeping this. But, uh, yeah, we give some of it away. I got a Louis Erickson stick there. It's my favorite. It's my second favorite sports memorabilia collection uh, that I got. The Louis Erickson broken stick from the uh, 2020 season. So, we'll have to see. I don't know. We'll, uh, I might get down there, but I don't know if I'm going to at the same time. I'm gone to the uh, to the island next weekend, so that'll be nice to, to get away. So, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but 12 o'clock on okay. Friday. The 26th. Not, not tomorrow. Okay, so... Alex, blow me up here. I, I, I was trying to prepare a slideshow, but then it got a little tough because I had to do a few things before the show. We had to get the poll question done. Had a few things. But I have some photos, Chris, mm. to wrap up your 20s. And Alex, I don't know if this is too much. If we can get some sort of uh, farewell music to a person's 20s, I would love to have that pulled up here because, Chris, I've compiled some photos, okay? And I really, really think we need to go through them just to kind of look back on your 20s and oh, it was God. it was a, it was a good run turning 30 tomorrow <laughs> 30 30 tomorrow uh it, like i said your 20s are behind you and hey man you accomplished a lot in your 20s okay and i've got a few i've got a few photos here so just bear with me <laughs> i'm trying to put them all together and what i'm doing is i have them all but they all have your uh they all have like personal information in them so i'm cropping them so that uh i don't broadcast that to everybody but you had some good times in your 20s, Chris. You had some good times. Alex has got the musical okay, cam ready for this. Alex, blow me up here. And of course, I'm not going to screen share. I'm literally going to point my phone at the at the camera. So, Chris, you remember this photo? Oh, yeah. That was my uh, recess party that I had uh, back in Nanaimo. The, uh, we had a recess, the TV show theme party. I was King Bob and uh, all the girls dressed up there. We got some Ashleys and uh, uh, yeah, uh, that was a good party. That was a great party. That was a. How old were you in that photo? Jeez, man, I don't know. Maybe uh, 23, 24, 25, around there. No, I was uh, I was younger, twenty. I was twenty one. Because I was still playing uh, football at the time when I was living in that house. 
Do you think you and I would have been friends if we were the same age and I was 23 and you were 23? I don't think so. I don't think you would have got a, got along with my crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree with you. Okay, backstory of this photo, go. That's the same house there. That's uh, 21 years old. I was right after I cleaned the toilet and uh, <laughs> stepped so clean you could eat off of it. Look at, look at how thin I am back then, too. In my young 20s, back when I was an athlete. Jeez. Good times. And then they told me to Speaking beef up. Speaking of athlete. Oh, yeah. that's Because that's when they told me to beef up to play football. They wanted me over 300 pounds, so I did it very easily. Um, and I was uh, I, <laughs> I went in there to do a model shoot with the VI Raiders, and uh, none of the, the clothes fit. They only had, like, larges and extra larges, and uh, I, was beef, I was beefed up at, like, 320 at that point. Because uh, I was playing D-Tackle. And uh, the only thing I could model was the hat. So the beard could use a little trim there. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was probably 20, 21 years old. All right. Final one. Final one of my little slideshow here. Oh, Caught yeah. Fish. Yep. Well, uh, Quads, you're going to see you're, you're gonna see that spot, actually, at my bachelor party. Where, um, that's, yes, uh, I'm... Go ahead. I'm going to fish. I'm going to fish for the first time. Yeah. I was telling you. I want to fish. Yeah, that's the fish. spot there. Uh, one of the lakes near the spot that we're staying. And a uh, nice little fish. But I look a little rough there, too, because I was probably, uh, hey, young 20s. I was getting after it, right? I mean, I had a, we were out there camping in the woods. So I was you know, having a good time. That's right. Okay, we'll wrap it well, up Well, everybody, everybody uh, doesn't even birthday, want, buddy. like, Karan says it. Don't mind the favorite picks, but I want a Burt cam. So I'm just, you know, trying to reminisce on my 20s here. But nobody right. wants it. They want to see the little puppy. All right, let's see. I don't even know what he... Oh, he's upside down. He's sleeping upside down, folks. Oh, yeah. Looking good, Bert. All right, but yeah, I appreciate it, Quads. He's going to wake uh, up soon. It's been a blast. The 20s are going to be behind me here, but uh, I'm excited for what's coming at 30. And uh, yeah, that's that's that. So let's uh, let's get out of here. Tomorrow or next time you see me, I'll be uh, more mature. That's for sure. And I'll have a dentistry. That's my... That's right. I, I tell you what, is that not the most mature thing I could do? Turning into my 30s, becoming a grown-ass man? I can't be, you know, skipping on the dentist anymore. So tomorrow, that's my birthday present to myself. I'm going to the dentist. <laughs> All right. We'll close it out there as we bid adieu to your 20s. Uh, without further ado, I will close out this show. So for my co-host, Whoa. Chris Faber, the window cleaning guy... Uh, intern Emil, and of course our technical producer Alex Lard. My name is David Quadrelli. Have a great weekend, folks. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Yep. Prospects next week. Interviews. All of it. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.